The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the seventh chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now when the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around Jesus, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat until they, unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes asked him, Why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders? but eat with defiled hands. He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites. As it is written, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand. There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile. But the things that come out are what defile. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, Deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly. All these things come from within, and they defile a person. The Gospel of the Lord. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. It is, of course, Labor Day weekend and the traditional end of summer, just in case you missed the swell in the volume of cars on the roads or the school buses and the back-to-school sales. But with every ending, there is a beginning. For our students and teachers, it's the beginning of a new school year. But September often means the beginning of new schedules, routines, or rhythms, if only because summer is fading. Here at Ascension, while the long green season of ordinary time continues through the end of November, today marks the beginning of a new season for our worship, with a different musical setting for parts of the worship, like the acclamation that we just sang, the dialogue during Holy Communion and for the Lamb of God. We resumed singing the Kyrie, our plea for God's mercy, and the psalm, and we return to the Gospel of Mark after five weeks of eating the bread of life in John's Gospel. So isn't it fitting that today we hear Psalm 15, 
a psalm that probably functioned as an entrance rite for for pilgrims arriving in Jerusalem and entering the temple in worship. As a liturgical starting point in worship, the psalm first poses a question to God and then tells us how God answers. The question that is asked is, who shall live in God's house? In some translations, it asks, who can dwell on God's holy hill, dwell in God's sanctuary, or abide in God's tent? It is a question about worship and about everyday life and how we will invite and welcome God's nearness or presence in our lives. Instead of standing guard or serving as a gatekeeper, here the psalmist is speaking to God's people in the same way I believe that Joshua addressed the Israelites in Joshua chapter 24. There he told them what the Lord had said, and then he challenged them. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. The psalmist here encourages us to answer in the same way. As for me and my house, as for us and our congregation, we will be the ones who dwell in God's sanctuary because we will be the kind of people that God describes here. In four short verses, the psalmist describes how God's faithful people live. The psalm can be read as a summary of the laws given to Moses and recalled in our first reading, the ones that would set the Israelites apart as a wise and discerning people. As modern psalmist and songwriter Richard Bruxford Culligan says, tell the truth, live honestly, be kind, be generous, But these statutes and ordinances are about more than the golden rule, or even preserving good order. They say who we are and how we are to live because we are God's people in the world. Each week at the beginning of our worship and our corporate confession, we acknowledge our own sinfulness. So when the psalmist asks us to walk blamelessly, it sure seems like an impossible task. And it is when we try to do it alone. But we believe that our sin brings us to the cross And we cannot redeem ourselves, but God forgives and redeems us. So in that same right, we also receive God's forgiveness. And by the Holy Spirit, we are made holy or sanctified so that we can walk blameless in God's sight. 
Writer Nan Merrill describes this way of being as walking in integrity and in harmony with God's word. Continuing, the psalmist describes God's people as ones who speak the truth. In today's gospel, Jesus criticizes the very religious because they are not being genuine or truthful, saying Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites. Or as it is written, the people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Deceiving ourselves into thinking that we are imitating Jesus, we are quick to point fingers or draw our own lines between good and evil and inevitably place ourselves on the side of the good. But as theologian Ted Peters writes, the truth is that when we draw those lines between good and evil, curiously, God places the divine self on the evil side of our line. So here again, we find ourselves in an impossible situation. At least, it seems impossible until we stop trying on our own to make ourselves look and feel like we belong on the good side. When we confess our arrogance and our vanity, God takes us from where we really are on the evil side of that line we've drawn, blinded by our own sin, and God forgives and redeems us. So do you see how in each verse, the psalmist corrects our propensity to rely on ourselves? We cannot be either blameless or honest truth-tellers until God transforms us. We cannot live as God's people apart from God's participation in our lives. The remainder of the psalm shows us how God wants us to love others with unwavering commitment and without either malice or deceit. Freed by God's participation in our lives, we can participate fully in the lives of those around us. As Martin Luther writes in Freedom of a Christian, we should be guided in all our works by a desire to serve and benefit others in all that we do, considering nothing except the need and advantage of our neighbor. While there are religious traditions that emphasize following God's laws and commandments so that you will not anger God, or so that you may receive and earn God's blessing, reading this psalm through the lens of our Lutheran faith instructs us that living as God's people in faith is a response to what we have first been given. In this time of new beginnings, serving our neighbors and communities and placing the well-being of others ahead of our self-interest remind us that all life begins with God and all things spring forth from that holy beginning. Let us pray.
Holy God, we give you thanks for the forgiveness you give to each one of us, that we may walk blameless in your sight, not by our efforts, but by your grace. We give you thanks for your infinite patience as we stumble and try to go it alone, returning to you with bruised hearts and egos. Help us always worship and live in harmony with your word. Send us out into the world empowered by your Holy Spirit to invite and welcome others into life with you. We pray in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen.